So as I said before we broke the walking period, I thought to give this as an opportunity for just questions, because yeah. often I recognise some of you, you, this is your first retreat. Yeah. So the rest of us can assume a lot of things that may be new for you. Yeah. And you know, it can just help to settle a few things. So not that, as I've said before, there's anything new in terms of many of you, I will say, but there are subtle adjustments we're making in practice, too, for some of you. So it can be helpful to articulate them, recognising actually all of us are working with the same conditions on many levels. What it's like to be incarnate on this planet at this time. In a sensitive form. Yeah. So, is there anything you'd like to talk about, clarify, ask about in terms of your practice, in terms of forms, recognising we're just gelling and settling in? that would make you feel more comfortable being here. Yes. And can I request people say their names because I'm learning about you all? I'm Lisa. Oh, lovely to meet you. Um, I have been experiencing a lot of sleepiness this morning and I noticed that that often um, is a hindrance that arises for me when I'm sort of like trying to settle in. So I often feel sort of torn about whether or not to try to change the sleepiness or just let it happen. So this morning I was sort of decided to try to change it standing up and I got some coffee and walking in the kitchen. But I wonder if you could So the question's about experiencing sleepiness and what the response is, whether we change it, you know, what we do with that. Um, so, you know, when I'm experiencing it, I ask myself a few questions. You know, what might have conditioned it? You know, and I'm aware many of you are living really frantic, intense lives. Certainly I know a few months ago, you know, with work, study, long commute, actually my physical form was exhausted. Yeah. And so that's part of the reality of our lives. And if that's the case, a really good sleep makes a huge difference. Yeah. And that's why I'm talking about the kind of kindness in medicine because we're trying to come out of ideas of what it looks like, what practice should look like, into actually a profound responsiveness. Because when we know it here, we know it to those in the world around us and to the conditions around us. So that would be my first question. Are you tired? 
you know, and that takes one response. And sometimes I think, well, maybe a little, but that's not really what's going on. So sleepiness is a really common way of checking out, yeah? of not being present to what's happening because for some reason it's too painful. So then my question is to myself, and if I was you I'd be inquiring, what do I need to be doing to be able to feel what's here? And it may be even just standing up as you did changes the energetic enough. Because it's a very, really wonderful thing you notice it, because in the end, awareness is the liberator. We notice that it's not that it's wrong, it's arisen because of conditions. And then we attend to the conditions. It's the result of something. So, and it's to do the inquiry really gently, not from a sense that this is wrong. No, people label it a hindrance, and it does hinder the deepening of the mind on one level. On another, it's awakening ground. As soon as we bring presence and awareness to it. Yeah? Does that help? Yes. Okay. It's such a common thing at the beginning of a retreat. I'm sure many of you are working with it, just it, and it'll really set in this afternoon. <laughs> and it'll be often for people, it's alternating between this kind of dullness and the kind of agitation of the body becoming painful because we're not used often to sitting for long periods. So you're on this kind of seesaw. You know, and it's often just part of the beginning until the form gets used to being still, the energy starts balancing and rising. So meditation objects can be really important. When we're drowsy, we need to choose a coarser object. You know, the breath can be too fine. We can't really find it. You know, the mind hasn't got that clarity for that. So what I do is I'll do a systematic energy awareness in my body, and I can talk about that. Or I might put another object onto the breath. And it's really powerful to start on the in-breath, one, out-breath, two, three, and we go up to five or ten and come back down. And I find for me, it really, the mind starts to wake up. And the whole thing starts to settle. So it can be the mind needs to be doing something a bit more active. Or traditionally, you know, because of my forest, Thai forest background, I find Bhutto really effective. And that's a really powerful mantra because it means awake. So, 
Bhutto, Bhutto. And as it deepens, really takes you profoundly into awareness. So it's a slightly coarser object, but it, but it's attuning the mind to the very ground of knowing. Yeah. So we can coarsen up in terms of object. And if we have enough awareness, we just start to explore what sleepiness feels like, what it does to the body, what it does to the mind, what our views are around it. It becomes a place of inquiry, but we just have to be up out of that blanket to do that. It can be a lot of fun. And often on retreat, as I say, you're in this kind of seesaw as the body's finding its energetic balance after being under a lot of stress of a lot of contact and input. So good luck. Okay. Anything else that's happening for people that yes? Physical pain constantly. Well, like, you know, sort of breathe into the places. It helps a little, yeah. but um, I was wondering if you've had any other ideas. All right. So, what's your name? Carol. Carol. Yes. Carol. All right. Lovely. Start to need to put faces and names together. Carol. Yeah, it's a good question. Once again, it's what many of us are working with. <laughs> I was sitting over there and I was thinking, hmm. Somehow, in my tripping around in the last few days and lying in different places, a little thing in my shoulder's gone. And I'm sitting and I think, wow, it's all down my arm. <laughs> you know, what am I going to... Like, feeling that slight panic we can have. What if it gets worse? It's already going boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you know? And so, for me, the first thing just is to relax. Because physical pain is usually about an energetic tightening. Yeah? It's a signal that something's under some kind of stress. And I know for myself, it'll naturally sort itself out. Yeah? With knee stress, we know, many of us, if you push it too far, you end up with a knee operation. So there are certain pains that are asking for direct action yeah? and it can be tricky to discern the difference so we don't want to put too much stress on the system right? that's what can ha be helpful why changing positions so good yeah? we sit a bit we walk a bit we sit in a chair if we need to you know we change position yeah. And there is, can be a benefit if we're not going to wreck anything of actually just being present to it. And it, it can bring the very opposite to drowsiness. It brings a kind of agitation, kind of restlessness. So we start working with this restlessness it brings. We just want to start squirming. Yeah. Physically and in our mind, a kind of squirming happens. And then my sense, like what I was 
working with before is just actually holding something. I don't know where your pain is, but for some of the time, I know that sensing something behind my back, holding. A bit like you've gone to the massage therapist or some kind of healer, and they're just holding that place. So it feels more supportive and can relax more. And the energy can spread. So we're not going directly to where the pain is, we're coming around it. Yeah? We're letting it have enough space because pain is a contraction. Once again, it's nothing going wrong unless you're ruining your knees. Yeah? It's part of what it feels like to be alive. Yeah? And it's one of the big things that encourages us to wake up. If the body wasn't so uncomfortable, it would be really easy to go to sleep. So what I take it as is a sign of, actually, it's saying, don't forget where you are. You're in the human realm, which is, in the teaching scene is between, it's the place where the opportunity to wake up is optimum because it's not a hell realm, (laughs) but it's not a deva realm, it's not a very entirely pleasant realm either, it has this aspect to it. It's painful, it's dukkha, and this is physical dukkha. And the trick is not to make it mental dukkha. Yeah? Not to make it so that the body's painful and the mind's painful. Mm-hmm. Rather to have be just with this pain and as you start to soften and just hold it, you realise it's just energy and it starts moving. It's just stuck energy that starts to flow and move. And it can be blissful. So it's a bit like we let even the perception of it shift. Because pain is wrong and bad is an idea. So we soften even that idea. We actually come into the direct experience. Slowly, in terms of our willingness and capability, we become available to what's happening. And as I say, in a compassionate way, so it's really painful, we change position. Patience is the supreme austerity for burning up. But that patience is not hardness. Patience is really broad. It's willing to be there till the end of time with this even though it's changing moment to moment so to be with the movement of it 
maybe for the whole retreat it's going to hurt. But I would guarantee even if for the whole retreat it hurts, it won't stay the same. And it will offer profound understanding. It's staggering. I mean, if you talk with people who practice for years, they get all these pains that get, you know. And if you start opening and, and, you know, what's this about? A kind of willingness to be present. You find out incredible things because our bodies actually are karmic. They are the result of what's happened to us. And all kinds of things can just shift. You know, it's staggering. You might get a little insight and suddenly you can sit in full lotus. It's happening to people all the time. So to keep this kind of open playfulness, a willingness, availability, Because some of the time it's going to be blissful, and some of the time it's going to be like being in hell, because that's the nature <coughs> of feeling. It's pleasant, it's unpleasant, it's neutral. And in the end, the kind of liberating insight is to know it's just feeling. That's all it is. And of course, we'd wish you a blissful body. But that would be ignorant. You have to be careful too. If I get too fierce, let me know. I had a moment at the Portland group the other night and I could suddenly feel my Chan fierceness come out and I zapped somebody. You know, so I'm trying to soften, but I have that aspect. Yeah. So, you know, take my things softly. <laughs> you know, I could feel a kind of, in this an important a kind of urgency about practice, just do it, you know? <laughs> and of course, we do things at our own time. So, see, yeah, we've all got different tendencies and I have a little fierceness of mine and mine. speak to whatever object of meditation we're using, whether we're using the body or mantra or the breath, uh, when, like, when or how much to let that go or to let that dissolve rather than being yeah. like attached to coming back to the breath in a way that is then actually hardening. Yeah. 
So questions about working with the object of meditation, the breath, mantra, body, and when, when to come back, when to just to let it go, you know, so that we're not the sense of not hardening around the object. Yeah, which is a really good question, you know, in the sense of knowing the balance and everything, you know, this middle way. And what I experience for myself is there is a time to be really committed to the object. When I know that, uh, in a sense, the water in the glass has been shaking, the muddy water is all shaken up and it hasn't yet settled. So that we keep, we know that the, the, the meditation object naturally helps the mind settle. But there's a point where actually the mind has settled. And it doesn't need that object in the same way. I mean, we can use the breath to go into more and more still and free mind states which can be very helpful but often now at this time it is good to just know what's happening with the breath or the body or the mantra and when it softens because the mind has opened we let it go and we really start knowing the mind itself, yeah, that's aware of the knowing of the mind. Because in a way the whole thing's another process. We take a skillful object to start freeing the mind from the things that have hindered it, from the disturbances of the mind. And as the object gets more subtle, the mantra, the breath, it's easier to let objects go mm-hmm. and come out of this whole subject-object experience and come into the ground of knowing. Mm-hmm. And for some of you, that will be happening immediately. And you soften when people are brand new to meditation too. Mm-hmm. That for some reason, the mind, I guess, is so relieved. <laughs> it just comes into its clarity and fullness. Yeah. So it's not, a, it's not a kind of delayed in time thing, but then there's also the kind of process with it. Yeah? And then it may be that that happens, and then with, there's not enough um, momentum to stay in that experience for very long, and then we come back to the object. Because it's a bit like the 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 karma wears itself out. Mm-hmm. That good karma of that intending and that attention mm-hmm. wears itself out, and we find mind is wandering, and we've lost our way, mm-hmm. and then we come back to the meditation object. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and in the end, we're just waking up to what 
form is like, what feeling is like, perception, the intention of the mind, consciousness. So we can use those quieter spaces to really start to see the kind of movement, the nature of things. Um, I couldn't make sleep come, and so it's maybe the other side of Lisa's question about sleepiness. Like, um, there's a lot of agitation when sleep doesn't come, and I'm wondering what to do with the energy uh, that's so um, alive when I'm so tired. Yes, yes. It's almost like we go out the other side of tiredness. You know, because you know, our bodies have a, well, Chinese medicine, you have a kind of rhythm of, of, the, of the energetics. And if you overstretch it too far, you go from being sleepy to being in a kind of altered state where you're out of rhythm. Is that what you're meaning? Mm-hmm. You know, where, mm-hmm. So where you're, it's not that you're sleepy, but you actually need to sleep. So it's to know whether that's what's happening, or whether it's an idea we have about how much sleep we should have. Yeah. And retreat time is a really good time to explore it because we have all kinds of ideas of how much sleep we need. And it's a shifting thing, depending on how much we're actually having to process and digest and because sleep's wonderful for that so it may be we've gone out the other side of tiredness or it may be actually we're more awake than we're used to being so what I find can be really helpful is either to sit or to lie down because lying is one of the most important postures and actually just be letting that, in, working that energetic through the body. Yeah. So if, if we, in a sense, if we've got a lot of energy, one of the things we need to do is massage it through the body. You know, so it's really grounded and it starts really freeing that form up. You know? as I come through the Anapanasati Sutra on the next few days, it's one of the encouragements once the mind quietens and you start to get a bit of bliss and happiness. You're actually working it through the actual physicality of the body. You're grounding it. Because it's the body that's liberated. I mean, chitta too, but you need the physicality. So, there we are. It's 12.30 and we're still wired awake here. I would look at what my mind did with that. Is it going wrong? What's the fear? 
we might as well wake up to what it's like. It may be that there's been, it's a new place and there's been too much stimulus and our system's got overwired. So we, we're really trying to bring the energy back you know, and noticing. Has it had too much input? Does it need emptying out? What do you find helps? When I'm at home, um, I get up and meditate. Yeah. Here's not a good place for that. <laughs> <laughs> And do you find after maybe 20 minutes you're more able to lie and sleep? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Then I would suspect it's that the energy system's got out of whack mm-hmm. and just needs a bit more conscious holding. Mm-hmm. And with all these things, like with physical pain, with not sleeping, it's always good to look at the panic. You know, the fear. You know, if you were up all night and didn't sleep, what would happen? I'd probably be tired during the day. Yeah, and at this place, you could go and take a rest. And having come from decades of being up all night and you know needing to function the next day, you realise oh you get a lot of insight when you're so tired. (laughs) Because once again you can't you can't suppress your tendency so much. You're kind of left with the unfiltered madness. <laughs> yeah. So it can be really helpful. Because the fortunate thing about here is we can experiment. The worst that could happen is you're tired. And that's easily attended to. So it's a real opportunity to play with it, to experiment. Since it's something you deal with outside this particular place. What if you take it to the extreme, what happens? As with everything here, it's really, it's like here we are, we've got nine days now I think, where we can really experiment. We can get to know ourselves more intimately. So that we can take this understanding forward out of this place. And we can understand ourselves better and those around us. Because, you know, in setting our intention for the retreat, I would really hope. It was about freeing our own heart from suffering 
and freeing others. And that we we waking up so that we're not doing harm here and we're not doing harm there. So it's good to really get to know about these things. Well, I think we should call it quits here with this because it's about 10 to the meal time. Yeah. And once again, the meal time is a wonderful place to just look what your mind does. Um, particularly when you're used to being in control of what you eat. What's it like when we're going to go down there and heaven knows what they're going to feed us. <laughs> you know? Just see what it does. For some of you, it will be such a relief not to have had to cook. <laughs> yeah? And so, just to get to see, it's a, once again, we use all of it just to wake up. There may be a little, because you know, some people are taking the eight precepts, so this is their meal for the day. So there may be a little agitation about whether they'll get enough food. Yeah. It's a bit inevitable. And to really watch it. And know, because I've seen down there in the kitchen, they've They've got a sense of who's taking the eight precepts, not eating this in the evening, and they're watching out for you. you know, and you let them know if there's any problem. But you know, we just we're just getting to know it. We like this, we don't like that. Yeah. Play with it. One of my favourite things used to be changing the things I liked and disliked. Mm-hmm. Randomly. Because you realise, actually on some level it's a choice. Today you don't like butter. <laughs> no, just see, see how this whole experience works. You don't eat red food. (laughs) And maybe we're going down there not eating red food and there's apples and that bean dish they served us last night for lunch. It's all red. You like the sound of the bell, you don't like the sound of the bell. The sound of the train is the sound of freedom. It's the freedom train. It's driving you crazy waking up in the night. No. This is the stuff the Buddha asked us to work with. And he spoke of the supreme practitioners as those who could choose what they thought. 
They can think about this in the morning and they can think about that in the afternoon. Yeah. So they're freed from compulsion. Yeah. Freed from karma. So let us practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.